You're listening to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast with FOIA leaders, Bill Harmon and Heather Lavalle, tackling all things from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in health, wealth, and investment trends in the workplace. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Hi, I'm Bill Harmon, and welcome back to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast. I'm here today with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Heather Lavalle. Hey, Heather. Hey, Bill. You know, thanks. I'm so excited to be back here today. We're really hitting our stride with this podcast, and it's hard to believe it's only been about two months since we shared our first episode. Actually, we received a review on Apple Podcasts that specifically mentions that episode. Let me read this to you, Bill. This comes from a user with a fun handle, friend of the devil. (laughs) It sounds like we've got some deadheads in our audience. I think that's a safe assumption with that handle. So, Bill, how does that song go again? Maybe we can get a little performance out of you today. I don't know about Heather. I I think our audience would hit the unfollow button pretty quickly if we subjected my singing. But why don't we just continue to take our audience down that golden road to retirement? Our deadhead uh, listeners may be able to follow that reference. Oh, Bill. Okay, that's a that's a good call. Let's get back to the show um, and uh, back to the review. Friend of the Devil said, excellent inaugural episode. Great insights as usual from Carrie Setti. Looking forward to the next episode. Well, thank you, Friend of the Devil. We think Carrie is great too. And speaking of great guests, let's switch gears to our topic today. We have a special guest with us who is here to talk more about a little something you all may have heard about called Secure 2.0. Joining us for that discussion is Mike Hadley of Davis and Harmon someone who we at Voya value and trust dearly when it comes to helping us break down legal jargon into plain English. For those who don't know Mike, just to share a little more about why he's the right man for the job today, he practices in the area of employee benefits, advising clients on the full range of tax, ERISA, and other laws affecting benefits plans. He also has a particular focus on helping financial institutions that sell products to defined contribution and defined benefit plans, IRAs, and similar plans that navigate the special rules that govern those plans, which is where we've gotten to know him so well over the years. Mike, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for letting us pick your brain today. Well, thanks, Bill, and thanks, Heather, for uh, letting me join you. And I got to say, um, speaking of your audience, um, I know two people that will be listening to this episode will be my mom and dad, who make me send them every clip that I ever am in, um, even though I'm in my late 40s. And I, I got to say, since I, I know they're going to be listening, a thank you to them for taking me to my first Grateful Dead show when I was only 13 years old. My mother was a real hippie, went to Woodstock. And uh, I, I, actually, I'm not so sure they were, they're happy they did that because all those Grateful Dead, Fish, and everything else concerts later, um, I think they may have regretted it. But hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Uh, and thanks for listening. Thanks so much. And uh, while our, our listeners cannot see it, we do love the Fish poster in your, back, in your uh, background there. So, Mike, we'll, we'll kind of get down to business. We've heard the name Secure 2.0. And we at Voya, um, we are all for legislation that ultimately help to support greater financial wellness needs for all working Americans. Let's kind of um, look at this broadly. What is it? And why do you think employers listening should know about this bill? Can you help us unpack some of the things that our audience might need to know? Sure. And, and again, thanks for having me. So Secure 2.0 is the name that it's, it's being called So here in Washington, D.C., including by the sponsors. It's not the name of it, but we're going to call it that. And it's a great name for it because it really does build both on the process that we saw the SECURE Act go through, very bipartisan, uh, lots of ideas and brewing forever, and could be passed sort of in some sort of larger year-end bill. But it's also 2.0 in the sense that it's, it's probably twice as big 
twice as, as large as the first secure. And I think for your listeners, most of whom already have a plan or advise folks that have a plan, there's going to be a lot more in terms of, of helpful things for them um, to make their plans easier to administer, make it more streamlined for participants, as well as get um, more savings and preserving that savings for longer. A good way to kind of think about the bill is to break it into, I, I think of it in three parts. The first part is a, a whole section of ideas to get more people into our system, saving at all, get those savings, saving more. And uh, for those that have savings, make it easier for them to preserve that savings in their retirement and better facilitate uh, retirement income, sometimes called lifetime income. The second part of the bill, which is the one that I think a lot of plan sponsors that have really good plans right now will get a lot from, is a whole series of administrative improvements. Some ideas that have been floating around, and I'm not kidding, for a decade, where somebody said, hey, this, we can make the system a little bit easier, a little bit stronger by making this tweak. And then the third piece, I'm just going to call the vegetables, the things that we're going to have to swallow um, in order to get all these um, good ideas along with it. So maybe I'll, um, I'll, I think just for the heck of it, I'm going to take the, the second part first, that is those administrative improvements. Some of the things that plan sponsors will need to know if and when this bill gets over the finish line. And let me give you some examples of some of the things that are in there. First of all, there's a provision that'll make it easier for you to administer hardship distributions. These are those distributions that we allow uh, participants to take when they have some sort of a, a life event where they really do need access to the money. And under current law, you actually have to ask the, the, your employees some very difficult questions and make them produce some somewhat sensitive documents in order to get access to their savings for those challenging life events. Under the bill, an employer would be allowed to say, you know what, I'm going to let you self-certify that you meet the criteria for a hardship distribution. Not a mandate, but an option for plan sponsors. Another series of um, issues we've had over the years is we send a lot of documents to people, a tons of documents. And, and in fact, we send documents to employees who haven't even enrolled in the plan yet. The bill would allow a much more streamlined approach to those individuals. Rather than sending them all kinds of stuff that's not relevant to them yet, you could send them a simple reminder that says, hey, remember, you have access to this plan, and here's how you enroll. Try to meet them where they are with simple communications. For those em employees who've had a, employers who've had a plan for a long time, you know that uh, no plan is administered perfectly. Um, in fact, every plan has some error in administration, just given how complex the regulations are for uh, retirement plans. And so many of you plan sponsors have had to go through a correction of some time, sometimes actually having to uh, do a very expensive filing with the IRS. Uh, and the only one who wins there are the lawyers like me, who you have to pay to, to prepare that. Under the bill, that could all be done through a self-correction. And in almost all cases, you would not have to do a filing with the IRS. Uh, let's talk now about some of the ideas to encourage savings, get more people in the system, and have be better prepared for retirement. There's a provision in the plan that would require that all new employers who adopt a plan, don't have one now, so these are new plans, have automatic enrollment as a feature. And that's really because we see the power of that default. We see the power of of getting people into the plan if they don't do anything. Another provision would allow for new increased catch-up contributions. These are those contributions that your employees can start making at age 50 to juice up their savings when they're at that point in their life where they're actually able to save a little bit more. Under this bill that we call Secure 2.0, there would be special catch-up contributions uh, in the year that your employees are age 62, 63, and 64. So those three crucial years right before that sort of average retirement age of 65, significantly increased contribution limits in those years. 
Uh, and speaking of folks that are older, there's also uh, some changes in this bill to the required minimum distribution rules. Those are those rules that say at some point you got to start taking money out of your plan or IRA. Secure increased the age from 70 and a half to 72. And this bill would increase that further over a series of changes, first to 73, then to 74, and eventually arriving at 75. Let me just mention two others that are really specific to, to plan sponsors. For some plan sponsors, this will be really helpful. I know Voya has a lot of um, employers in the tax-exempt space, so nonprofits, educational institutions. And there's a great provision in there that will bring lower-cost investing options to those plans, allow for a type of investment called a collective investment trust, which can be very low cost, to be available in those plans, those 403B plans for that segment of the market. And then finally, um, speaking of my parents, I also have kids. Uh, and those of us that have kids know that one of the big worries we have are getting them through college and the, the burdens of student loans. And there's a great provision in this bill that would allow employers to help with that by allowing for a plan design where if you've got a, a younger employee who can't contribute to the plan yet because they're repaying student loans, it would allow the employer to say, tell you what, instead of contributing to the plan, which I know you can't afford to do, go ahead and repay your student loans, but we'll provide you a matching contribution into the plan just as if you'd contributed. You can do that now, but it's very complicated and some of the rules, it's hard to navigate. The legislation would streamline all of the testing rules and some of the other issues that can come up when you have that kind of a plan design. Now, I went through a lot there and I didn't even go through everything. There's nearly 40 provisions, but that gives you a flavor of the type of, of good changes that are, that's in this legislation that's moving its way through Congress. That all sounds perfect. I mean, it sounds like it's it's really going to hit on those items for simplifying plan administration, but also just to get more people in the plan and then more people that are in the plan towards retirement readiness. You mentioned the vegetables. I do like some vegetables and I don't like all vegetables. What are the vegetables in here that we're probably just going to have to go ahead and eat? Uh, now, some vegetables are good for you too. I, what, what are the ones where some plan sponsors may say, eh, I don't like that one or kind of what's the catch? if you will, is what our listeners might be thinking. Yeah. So all legislation that's successful, that's, that's uh, bipartisan um, and that has a broad coalition, you know, has some things for everybody and also has some provisions we may not like. Secure is a perfect example of that. Secure had those changes to the after death required minimum distribution rules, sometimes called stretch, that we're just starting to administer now. And Secure 2.0 will probably have some as well. In the current iteration, I'll mention a couple. First, there are two provisions intended to raise revenue for the government to offset all the lost tax revenue they have because more people are saving in the tax-preferred saving system. And two key ones. One, one provision would require that all catch-up contributions, again, those are those made after age 50, that are made on a Roth basis, meaning they're taxable now, but not taxed later. And that raises revenue for the government in a way because it brings revenue to the government sooner because it's, the savings is taxable now and not taxed later. Another provision would allow employers to offer matching contributions on a Roth basis. This would be optional, but an employee could say, you know what, that matching contribution you're giving me, I'm in a low tax bracket right now. I would love to just be treated on a Roth basis, be taxed on it now, and then not taxed in retirement. There are also some provisions that, that were added really to bring in some of the, the other groups whose support are needed for this legislation, and I'll mention one. Um, there's a provision that would take a sort of a step back in the improvements we've made to the rules regarding electronic disclosure or electronic delivery of documents. 
you know, we're in the 21st century and we've been trying to move regulations forward to make it easier to get people engaged online because we know that that can lead to better outcomes. But there is a provision in this bill that would require most ERISA plans, so you're talking most 401k plans, to provide a paper statement by default to participants once a year. And that would take a step back from some, I think, helpful regulations that were um, enacted in last, last year. All those things together, I think you could say, well, there's some vegetables. Are any of them, you know, terrible? No. Like vegetables, they're, you know, they're not the worst thing in the world and sometimes can be good for you. So that's an example. Now, I'm not so sure that all the things I just described will make it into the final legislation. We'll just have to see. We got a long way to go. Um, But that's in the current version that's moving through the House of Representatives. Thanks, Mike. And, you know, all this talk about vegetables, I I will say I'm I'm pretty much a vegetarian. So I don't know what you two two are talking about, about, you know, there are bad tasting vegetables. So, Mike, you started to allude to this in your in your last comment that, you know, not sure how much of some of those provisions are going to make its way through. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what's next? What are the next steps? So we know that the bill passed the committee. We saw a huge bipartisan support for the original secure legislation. Can you help uh, our listeners understand what are the next next uh, steps for the bill? And do you think it's ultimately going to get signed into law? Yeah, I am going to make a prediction here that, that we are going to see some of these provisions become law at some point. Timing is always uncertain with Congress. Um, despite what you hear in the news media, there are things that Republicans and Democrats agree upon, and they love retirement savings because um, it is something that's bipartisan. As you said, the bill passed through the Ways and Means Committee, which is the, the tax writing committee in the House on May 5th. And I think we could see passage by the House of Representatives as soon as this summer or perhaps the fall. Of course, you need both House and Senate to pass identical bills. On the Senate side, they're probably six months behind. You just saw a reintroduction just a few days ago of comprehensive legislation that has a lot of overlap of this Secure 2.0 bill from Senators Cardin out of um, Maryland and Portman out of Ohio. Um, They are leaders in the Senate on retirement issues. And I think we could see their legislation, along with some other proposals from um, key senators, move through committee perhaps as early as this fall. And then it's unlikely this bill gets passed through the House and Senate kind of together on its own. Most likely, like a lot of pieces of retirement legislation, it gets wrapped into some sort of larger bipartisan bill, some sort of must-pass legislation, which you could see as early as the end of this year, the end of 2021. I'd put that maybe at 50-50 at this point, maybe a little bit um, lower than that. But I do think that by the end of next year, I think this bill will pass. Not guaranteeing it, but I think it's likely. And part of the reason why I've mentioned the end of next year, that's the end of this Congress. And two key members of Congress will be retiring. One is Senator Portman, who I just mentioned, and the other is Kevin Brady, who's the ranking member of the Ways and Means Committee. And this could be their legacy. I think there will be a real push to try to get it over the finish line by the end of uh, next year. Great, Mike. And, and one final question before we wrap. You know, we've been calling this Secure 2.0 the whole episode. What's the official name of the bill? <laughs> yeah, it's called the Securing a Strong Retirement Act, SSRA. Uh, that doesn't roll off the tongue as much. So for those of you that follow this stuff closely, you're going to be hearing Secure 2.0 uh, for quite some time. Great, Mike. Well, as always, it has been extremely helpful and insightful talking with you today. We know that you've got a ton on your plate, so we we so appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us today. And thanks, Heather and Bill and Voya, for having me. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. As we said, we're we're hitting our group now, so please let us know how we're doing by dropping us a review. Thank you all for coming along on our journey today. Stay well. 
This information is provided by Voyeur for your education only. Neither Voyeur nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voyeur family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision. Products and services offered through the Voya family of companies.